Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Hi, this is Bill, and welcome to the show. Happy Martin Luther King Day. It is a holiday for Faith Radio, so my usual cast of characters won't be joining me on the program today, but I've got some fresh uh, interviews and some fantastic replays. Enjoy the show. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm so glad that we're going to have this time together. A very special guest with me today, Jonathan Parnell, is here with me. We're going to talk uh, about what's going on in life. You know, we have a way of processing with each other, and that, I think, uh, helps the body of Christ because many of us are in a similar situation. And just when uh, Jonathan showed up, I asked him how he slept last night, and he said, eh, not too good. I said, well, tell me more. And I said, would you ever be willing to talk about it on the air? He goes, yeah, turn on the microphone. So here, uh, uh, Jonathan is the senior pastor at uh, Cities Church here in Minneapolis-St. Paul, and he's uh, written a number of books, um, incredible devotional, uh, Mercy for Today, which is a a daily uh, prayer from Psalm 51, another book called Never Settle for Normal, and he's with me here right now. Jonathan, welcome back. Hey, Bill. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I didn't mean to strike such a uh, sensitive chord when you walked no, in, but good. you know, um, there was something about your your temp- temperament that I thought you seem a little flat today. Yeah, I mean, you got that million dollar smile, which is great, uh, and uh, you always kind of come in spring loaded into the studio, which I appreciate. Well, it was a good question. You said, "How'd you sleep last night?" And I said, "I said, you know, if you ask someone, how are you?" Uh, you know, the normal response is good. Okay. How are you? Right. You ask someone how they slept. They have to, <laughs> they have to think about that. Yeah. And I did not sleep well last night. Yeah. And it's a good diagnostic for, you know, just, uh, well, I mean, I have eight children, so, you know, it's, uh, sleepless nights sometimes can be connected to activity with the kids, but sometimes like last night, it's just because I'm tossing and turning and writing emails in my, head and <laughs> thinking about the same thing every hour and mm-hmm. uh and it's a burden and that's uh, that's real life so we we find ourselves there sometimes and um and yeah thanks for asking me how i slept well um, is it interesting because you are probably recycling some of the, the same thoughts as you drift in and out of sleep maybe you're up every hour like you said kind of thinking over the same yeah, thoughts it's one of those things where and I mean, this is a great conversation. Sleep. I mean, there's so much to say about sleep. Um, but uh, for me, it's it's knowing that I'm kind of carrying this thing. I'm trying my best to to cast my anxieties on the Lord. But kind of, I have a I have the idea that no, I'm going to be waking up thinking about this. So maybe I kind of doomed, uh, you know, kind of doom myself by thinking that. But then, sure enough, like it's not not wide awake, but kind of tossing and turning, mulling it over. And, uh, and yeah, it's a good, you wake up and, you know, you got to run, run to prayer um, because, you know, I've been, I've been carrying this thing that God doesn't want me to carry. So, mm-hmm. so do you find yourself being kind to yourself when you wake up? Do you say, Oh, I'm up. I'm not sleeping. I wished I was sleeping, but I'm up. So maybe the Lord has uh, awoken me to have more prayer time. Do you feel frustrated? Are you starting to get mad at yourself or what goes on in, in a pastor's brain with eight that's a, kids? That's a good question. You know, <laughs> so for me waking up, um, 
is, uh, it, you know, one thing is like when I'm tossing and turning at night, um, I'm ready for the morning. Like I'm ready to, Me too. to resign. Yes. Let's this, get this over with. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and so when the alarm clock finally goes off, there's, there's no snooze. It's okay. Good. Um, and then from, you know, from there, you know, you have your habits and, um, for me, it's opening, uh, opening the word of God It's praying Psalm 51 that I've written about. Uh, and then, and then, uh, some scripture memorization and meditation. And then it's, it's, you know, right away, um, just trying to name those things that feel heavy. And sometimes it's even hard to do that. I think that's the thing we, we sometimes feel heavy and carry burdens and, we can't exactly draw straight lines to, to where is that coming from? You know, it's, well, it's January in Minnesota. That's a thing. Um, it's, <laughs> it you know, you know, so, and that, I don't think we always have to know exactly. Um, it's just, it's what we do with that. And uh, we are told in Scripture, First Peter 5, humble yourselves, therefore, before the mighty hand of God. And at the proper time, he will exhaust you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so the question in those moments is, do I really believe that's true? Do I believe that God cares for me like the Bible says he does? And if he does, then, hey, cast your anxieties on him. So you do that. You just tell him. And uh, you leave it there. Yeah. Do you ever get to a point, uh, Jonathan, where you start to feel a little um, stuck, where you don't know exactly what to say, but that's okay, too, because you can enter the throne room of heaven and say, Lord, here I am. I feel a little broken and confused. Help me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Romans eight where the spirit makes intercession for us for the groanings too deep for words. Like we, you know, it's a gift. Anytime that we can articulate uh, the complexities that we feel, just stop right there. Cause that's grace. It's a grace that you can name it and identify it. Sometimes you can't, what do you do with that? Well, you just say, whatever this is, you know, it's, I heard a great quote recently that you can, we can only, we can only surrender all that we know of ourselves to all that we know of God. And I think that's, I think that's right. We want to always be obviously growing in our knowledge of God and also growing in the knowledge, in the knowledge of ourselves. Um, and then sometimes it's just fuzzy. We don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and we just, as best as we can, we say, God, you know, take this, you see it all. Um, and what you think matters most. And we just surrender that. Sometimes we can overcomplicate moments uh, where we're thinking too much. And sometimes the answer is, uh, what's my diet like? Am I getting any exercise? And am I going to bed at a reasonable hour? Yeah. I mean, some of it, it's pretty simple. We, yeah, exactly. We are embodied souls. Like yeah. I think the body is really important and, um, it's something that, that we, we talk a lot about at our church and among our pastors, our team, um, that guys are, you know, I, I just mentioned to you, you asked me how I slept and thanks for asking that. That's, you can't skirt around that question. <laughs> you either, you slept well, you right. didn't. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things I ask, I ask, you know, some of the guys that I, I get to work with is, uh, what'd you read this morning? Uh, what's the last thing you said to your wife and uh, how'd you sleep? Mm-hmm. And those three questions tend to be uh, kind of a good barometer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate that, uh, sharing that with me. And I would, I'd love to do a little bit of, um, talk about, uh, revelation yeah. and the church of Ephesus. Maybe there's, uh, some dots we can connect. Yeah, there, yes. And the first is um, that who God is is not, deter- is not determined by how we feel. That's the first thing to say. Um, you know, it's the two different frameworks that I, I, talk, I talk about in Mercy for Today. There's the moral framework of reality, the psychological framework, you could say the objective, the subjective. And for us to realize just 
despite how we feel, God is God because he is God. And what is true of him is always true of him, whether it's clear to us or not. Um, so to, to know that God is outside of ourselves and that when we encounter the, the word of God here, when we open the pages of scripture, that's, that's what we're doing. We are, we, are, we are beholding this God who is outside of ourselves. And that's what's so great, I think, about Revelation, as I was just mentioning to you before we jumped on here, is the way that Revelation 1 it engages the imagination of the believer. All right, and I love that idea when it engages the imagination of the believer. I'd love for you to say more about that. So, so, for, so I'll, I'll tell you, like the thing that I've said on here before, and one of the things that I say all the time in our church is, is just repeating for folks that that Jesus is real, and it's so important that we believe He's real. Um, most of the problems and issues that we run into is when we let. Uh, circumstances or different things in our life become more real to us than Jesus. Mm-hmm. But coming back to, he's a real person. And what the Bible says about Jesus is true and he's real. And so that should change how we uh, move through our day. I, I love Second Timothy 4.17, where this is Paul at the end of his, his, of his life, really, the end of his ministry. And he talks about all of his colleagues, his ministry partners had abandoned him. Um, and I don't, don't want to charge it against you. He's, he's gracious. And he says, um, although he was abandoned by his, his friends, he says, but the Lord stood by me, verse 17, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. And Lord there, he's talking about Jesus. And so just to hear Paul say that Jesus somehow, some way by his spirit, the spirit is the spirit of Jesus so much so that, you know, his presence in Paul's life in that moment was like Jesus himself standing, standing by Paul. Jesus stood by him and strengthened him, empowered him, gave him what he needed. And I love and that that works because he's real. So for us to think that way, that, that we want Jesus to stand by us when we go through hard things, when we go through anything. And we need Jesus to stand by us and strengthen us. So that that's first the category I think we should think that way about Jesus. I mean, not not the not Jesus as the idea, not not Jesus as a character in a book, but like a person mm-hmm. who really strengthens us and gives us what we need. Amen. And then the thing in Revelation that's so great is um, we get to see Jesus because there's a vision of him that John talks about, and and so this is a vision that it, it arrests the imagination. We're supposed to we read the words and we're supposed to to see what John is describing here. And he, he says in, in Revelation 1, verse 12, and you can imagine this when, when I read it here. He says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man. Okay, here he goes. He's clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest, and the hairs of his head were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Wow. That's and it, it blows categories, right? I, I, totally. I, I, I read this to our to our kids, and I, I said this has been a couple weeks ago. Imagine Jesus like that, and you know, my ten year old's like, "But wait, Dad, how can his eyes 
be like flames of fire, but his face is like the sun. Won't they like blend? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great yeah, question. Great question. And yeah. I, it doesn't. We do, we can't. It doesn't. We don't. Yeah, don't. We have to just. The idea is that we're just overcome by this thing. <laughs> it blows our categories. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's communicating to us his supremacy, his power. I, like I want this to change the way that I think of sunshine. Mm-hmm. Sunshine is what it is to communicate to us the face of Jesus. That's when you see the sun shining. Remember Revelation one; his face shines like the sun, shining wow. in full strength. Wow! So when you teach uh, read this to your kids, do you do it in one shift, or do you break it up into smaller groups? Because you got like eight kids, can you yeah. do it all? In, this at, is at all once? one. I mean, look, okay, maybe two or three are actually getting it. You okay. know? <laughs> Some of them are, you know, putting rice yeah. up their nose. And, no, and I get doing, that. You know, yeah. So. All right, Jonathan Parnell is my guest. We're uh, going to take a short break, and we come back, continue our discussion in Revelation chapter one. Be right. Pastor Jonathan Parnell over at Cities Church here in the Twin Cities. He's also an author, written a great, great devotional. A couple of great devotions. Well, no, let's see. A couple of devotionals, too? Yeah, so Mercy for Today's devotional. Yeah, that's a devotional. Never Which is for Normal is more of like a kind of an overview of yeah. the gospel, Christianity. Yeah, it's kind of a Christianity 101. Right, right. Think about yeah. It. yeah. But Mercy for Today, it's a daily prayer from Psalm 51. And I really like my copy, and I don't share it with anybody. I keep it for myself. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want it to get out. You know what I mean? But that isn't saying that you shouldn't go get a copy. You can head over to jonathanparnell.com, learn more about the book. Of course, you can get it on Amazon as well. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Now, um, that's just a book I want to recommend. Thank you. I'm not yeah. here to you know do anything other than. I'm thankful. Yeah, Thank learn from you. We're talking about Revelation chapter 1. Jonathan, I want to help help me understand how it ties into Matthew 11. I, I love Matthew 11. So, you know, the the idea here we have, I mean, think again, imagination. You know, Matthew 11 is the great the great invitation for us to find rest in Jesus. Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And we imagine Jesus as he's saying this. You know, I I imagine his arms are extended, his hands are out, palms are up, and he's saying, "Are you tired? <laughs> Come and find. I'll give. I will give you rest." And he describes his heart. And great, my favorite book from last year is uh, Dane Ortland's uh, "Gentle and Lowly." He he just talks about what it means that Jesus describes his heart here as Jesus' heart is gentle and lowly. And we have this, we have Jesus saying this, we have this image of Jesus here in Matthew 11, and then juxtapose that with this image of Jesus in Revelation 1. His eyes are a flame of fire. He's got a double-edged sword protruding out of his mouth. His face shines Stunning. like this. Stunning. Stunning. And we think, how do we, what do we do with that? How do we... What, what do we do with this Matthew 11, you know, this amazing, gracious welcome of Jesus for us to find rest? And then we have this startling, terrifying vision of Jesus in Revelation 1. And I think we have to hold them together. 
because, uh, let me see, I, I'll explain it this way. <laughs> if I was running, if I was walking down my street and all of a sudden uh, a tornado is coming behind me and I'm walking and I'm too far away from my house to, you know, run there for, for cover. I'm just, I'm just, I'm looking for a place to go over to my left. I have a neighbor who has a tent popped up in their front yard and they say, Hey, uh, come here and find rest. Look at that. Then over on my right, another neighbor, they have this like insane bomb shelter in the front yard. It's hmm. like iron. I mean, this is <laughs> like, you know, Cold War air bomb shelter thing. I didn't know it was there. And and they say to me, hey, come into my bomb shelter and find rest. I'm looking, I'm listening to both of these. There's a tornado coming behind me. I'm I'm going to the bomb shelter, right? That's where I'm going to find rest because the promise to find rest is only as good as the power to overcome obstacles and enemies Ooh, and hurdles. That's really good. So it's it's really sweet that my neighbor here in the tent wants me to find rest there. There's a tornado coming, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's like Jesus, what Jesus says in Matthew 11 is only as good as he is powerful. We can't find rest in someone who is vulnerable to his enemies because that rest is only going to last as, as long as, as death is held at bay or 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 Satan, you know, is not running his schemes or um, whatever it might be. So the, the thing that helps me in Revelation 1 is I look at this stunning image of Jesus. He's eyes like a flame of fire. I just preached this at our church a couple weeks ago. I just kept repeating that. Eyes like a flame of fire. And it's that Jesus who says, I will give you rest. Come to me, mm-hmm. all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I'm coming. Like you with eyes like a flame of fire, you whose heart is gentle and lowly. Eyes like a flame of fire, a heart that's gentle and lowly. I'm going there. I want to find rest there. And I, I think holding those two things together is what gives us confidence to face all the uncertainties of tomorrow. That, that's the thing. The start of a new year can, be, uh, can cause anxiety for people. You know, we, you know, we're well into January now, but uh, I know for some folks, the first week of a new year, especially if you compare it to last year, we had no idea what we were walking into. That's in true. 20. Um, it, can, it can cause some anxiety, it can cause some fear, understandably. But to know that whatever we're walking into this year, this week, tomorrow, we find, we find rest in the Jesus whose eyes is like a flame of fire. His promise is only as good as his power. That's so powerful. Jonathan, I love that image, and I, I love that you're encouraging us to hold those two together as, as you know, it might not come easily for people to say, here's the one who's giving me rest, and here's the one that's coming with uh, flames of fire in his eyes. It's a strong illustration. Strong. It's yeah, a strong, strong. It's good. couple it's strong of images. It's good, yeah. yeah. And the fact that we need to go to the place that will provide the safety and the refuge and the rest and only he can provide that. Yeah, only he can. And that I mean the you know in the illustration maybe it's a little hokey. I, I you know the the tent over here I'm trying to that's that's all the empty promises of this world, right? We're always we're just being inundated with these empty promises to find well, Let's rest. say it's a nice tent. Yeah, right. It's a it's a nice tent. And a right? nice guy who wants to And a nice guy. Yeah. 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 But it still represents the empty promises. It's empty. We need to be where we're going to be safe. Um, in in God's um, uh, in his in the space with Him, yeah, yeah, in His presence, in His care, 
uh, leaning on his everlasting arms. I mean, that's the, that's our hope. And that's what allows us to take the next step, uh, go to the next thing. I mean, that's, that's what it is. That's, that's our hope. Mm-hmm. I so appreciate that. That's going to stick with me forever. Just so you know, thanks for that. Um, also now it, we just have about three or four minutes left. I wonder if we couldn't, uh, jump into something from mercy for today, a daily prayer from Psalm 51. Is there a piece from Psalm 51 you can share? Yeah, I think the thing to say about that is, um, well, it's all, it all has to do with the mercy of God. Um, you know, we, we can't ask God for mercy truly unless we are convinced that he is himself merciful and deeply merciful, tender, the tender mercies of God to the bottom of his heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is in himself, in his nature. He is, he is merciful. And because that's who he is, that gives us our confidence to ask him for mercy. I, I came back to that this morning. I came back to, to God, I know you're merciful. You tell us you are. I believe that. Uh, and then therefore we ask for him to show us mercy. I like that you use the word tender in front of mercy. Because we can say God's merciful, which is great. But when we talk about him being tender and merciful, I really like that a lot. Yeah, that's, it's in the Gospel of Luke. It's only used at one, one time in Luke 1, um, the tender mercy of our God. Uh, and it's a loaded phrase. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. What else from Psalm 51 uh, can you share? The fact that when, you know, David is making a prayer that uh, we might think is is only really applicable when you make huge mistakes, mm-hmm. um, like he had done a terrible, heinous, awful thing. Um, and so we can we can kind of set that aside. That's only when we really make, like, really ruin things. But honestly, no, that's, that's actually a prayer that's for, for any human. So it's a prayer of a human. And so to, to think, you know, and in the past I talk about this in the book, it was that prayer you kind of held in your back pocket and you only use it when like you really, you know, your conscience was really ruined or you just, you know, felt terrible. But I think, you know, this is a daily prayer because we're humans and humans need the mercy of God every day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jonathan, you um, kind of like to send people to your website as well if they would like to hear an online sermon or or come and listen to you speak on Sunday, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Cityschurch.com is our church's Church is website. Open. And there's... Yeah, we're open 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and then 5 o'clock uh, in the evenings. And uh, our website, we actually have a ton of sermons and articles, and that's because we have a great team. of. Uh, we have a teaching team, guys who um, do, do a, a great job, and I, I respect and appreciate them. I admire them so much. So check out our website to learn, get more resources. There. Yeah, I have no tech talent whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when it comes to technology, I'm not very good at that. So it's good to have people on staff that know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Put up a lot of sermons and messages. Yeah. 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 Jonathan yeah, Parnell, awesome. thank you so much for being here. Uh, you can head to jonathanparnell.com to see more about his book. It's called Mercy for Today, A Daily Prayer from Psalm 51. We'll take a short break and be back. listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. The new show with Bill Arnold. Drive time, drive time. The 
It's time for the Monday afternoon mix with Miles and Arnold. There's no Maxwell today, but Pastor David Miles is here. And David, welcome. Well, hey there. Well, we do have Mitchell, Ryan. Ryan Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. <clears throat> Same the, initials. RM. Ryan Rebecca Mitchell. Maxwell, Ryan Mitchell. <laughs> yes. And he's got a big grin on his face, which is great. He does. Yeah. Like you know, that. M&Ms and M's and more mm-hmm. M's. Speaking of M&Ms, you've eaten way fewer of them, haven't you, in the last six months? Uh, yes, I've, uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've, um, been a little less M&M and a little less smarty and stuff. Okay. Um, it's one of those funny things the, the other day we were, we were, uh, having, uh, church service and, um, um, one of the just sweet dear ladies in our church, uh, came up and she, she's like, Pastor Miles, she's like, you've lost a lot of weight, haven't you? <laughs> and then she was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, I can't blame. I said, no, no. I said, yeah, actually, I have. And so um, as of this, this past week, it's 47 pounds. Yeah, and just so you know, I didn't take a shot at you with the M&Ms. You gave me permission to talk about it. I, I did. So it was kind of a segue into you've lost yes. weight. Yes. And a lot of weight. 47 pounds is a lot. Yeah, it it um it's it's I mean, you're uh, a big guy. Were you six six, six five? Oh no. What are you? Six two. Six two okay. so, <laughs> I'm always sitting thanks. in the chair. You walk in, you're just this monster, like, so you're a monster. Yeah. You're, you're thinking of some Vikings person yeah. player or something. Yeah, I'm confusing you with somebody else. Okay, but you are uh you know, football wrestler, big guy, big strong guy, so you know, um forty seven pounds is it's a whole but a whole bunch to lose. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, for for a long time in my college days, I actually could not um, actually seemingly gain weight. Heard that before. You know. It's um, a happy problem, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, like, I basically sat at, like, you know, 193 and about 4% body fat. And the only reason why I knew that is that I was a exercise phys minor in okay. nutrition and we did hydrostatic weight. Yeah. And so I That's was accurate. in track. Yep. So I was in track and field and was uh, NCAA All-American, state and national champion. Nice. Got wonderful opportunities just to share the gospel with it. And uh, it was one of those funny things. I remember my coach said to me in high school, because I told him, I said, I'm going to win state. And he said, Miles, if I can teach you to throw the javelin, I can teach anybody, mm-hmm. you know. Nice. Um, so it provided, you know, wonderful opportunities uh, to share the gospel. And then, you know, scriptures like First uh, Corinthians six nineteen. do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that you've been bought for a price and you're not your own, therefore glorify God in your body. Um, as many in our listening audience know, you know, I came to faith in Christ through a failed suicide attempt when I was in high school. Um, and still, even as I got older, struggled with um, depression, clinical depression. And so I actually was in college through just a, a major bout of it, um, was put on medication and shot from 193 to like 233, 232 uh, in my off season. And so it's been like a long time since seeing 200, and I'm not there yet. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, but I've uh, you know have dropped a bunch of weight since May eighth, and mm-hmm. um, you know um, you start thinking about things as you know you're, you're getting you know older. I mean, last week was three years since my mom went home to be with the Lord, and uh, as she was older, she had you know 
arthritis, Arthur, and she had diabetes and oh things like that. My dad, who we talked about before, he went home to be with the Lord uh, at 64 from a massive heart attack. Um, my older sister um, had had adrenal cancer, went home to be with the Lord at 39. So, you know, earlier this year, I wasn't liking that, you know, fasting or regular. I, I, I kind of get particular with my blood numbers and stuff and notice my insulin kind of creeping and have always been really strict about lipids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't liking some, some things that I've seen. And so I actually, you know, talked with my doctor about it. So May 8th, um, had been listening to some book on tape and came across a book and we're not getting royalties for mentioning this, but Dr. Uh, Gundry's diet evolution mm-hmm. and just liked the science on it. And that really was about nutrition and, even just kind of things with our, our, our food is so stripped of its resources. Mm-hmm. And so, and had tried a number of different things, eating different plants and stuff like that. And, you know, also had like a thyroid, hypothyroid. So I'd be working myself silly and literally getting nowhere. Um, so basically in the first, you know, month or so had lost almost 30 pounds and that was just nutrition. That's incredible results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was just, you know, it was, it was changing how I was eating. And pretty much all of this has been really nutrition and not running and puking myself silly. I mean, like, really, <laughs> I mean, like it's kind of really mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it really is. And, uh, you know, just changing, you know, little things like selenium and cinnamon, mm-hmm. you know, that help with metabolism and sugar cravings and things mm-hmm. like that and chromium and a good multivitamin using olive oil um you know fish oils things like that um game changer isn't it it is mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because kids you know they are they don't they don't kind of play games so like my son jackson he kind of came up behind me the other day and like he stuck his arm and wrapped his arms around me and clapped his hands on the other side he's like yeah dad (laughs) (laughs) maybe hasn't been able to do that for a while yeah (laughs) so he's like yeah you lost some weight buddy that's awesome so yeah one thing i heard which has really stuck with me is you can't compete with what you eat no you yeah. know, if you think that you're going to do this and then go run three miles, mm, you know, it's, you can't, you can't compete with what you eat. Right. And it's, food is like everywhere, you know, I mean, like it's such a part of everything. And that's one of the things Tammy will say. She's like, we pretty much don't have any social gatherings where food is not really at the center of it, mm-hmm. you know, and food's a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like one of the things I'm looking forward to Revelation 19, Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Yeah, well, you know, can, we'll be eating and celebrating with Christ um, and delicious food with no calories. I mean, because a lot Something of foods, like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes, I don't know about you, but like sometimes I could look at food and not eat it, and all of a sudden I'd see something <laughs> growing on the side of me. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, congratulations. I know it's always encouraging um, to hear testimonies of people that said, I'm working on it, and here are my results, and that's um, really nice to hear. Yeah, and here's one of the things that's interesting because a lot of people, our our society has so much on the, more so the the vanity part of of losing weight, and it does feel good to to do that, but actually, it's actually how you you feel. I mean, like really not feeling the foggy headache 
Like, because mm-hmm. there's been times like going through it, and then you hit a plateau. With all of this stuff, you're going to hit a plateau. One of the things that's different is, and with this this um, regimen, also because it's more whole life than versus faddish, was the idea that we're all always going to hit a plateau because your body's adjusting to stuff. And a mm-hmm. lot of times when people hit a plateau, they say, oh, my goodness, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. So back to ho-hos and, you know, <laughs> Swiss cake rolls. Mm-hmm. But actually sometimes it's good because your body then has to adjust to that. And if if you stay at it, it eventually it does come back. You you actually start seeing your gains. But it is really the feeling of not the headache, not that you know, sorry, TMI, gassy, kind of bloated, mm-hmm. kind of uh, feeling. Yeah. And it's like that part is the part where it's like, wow, that that's the really nice part. How's the family doing with this? Is it family food and dad's food, or how's that working? Um, you know, one of the things, super blessed, <laughs> maybe blessed too much, my wife is an incredible, is an incredible, um, you know, cook, and chef and just makes delicious and she's always focused on the 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 nutrition you know fruits and vegetables and things in our household um so there are some stuff that i'll eat a little bit different or i'll be making and having more salads or you know some different seafood stuff that me and you know one of my sons we both like seafood others not so much one thing that's kind of a is is a hard one is Tammy's mom Joyce. Oh my goodness, this 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 sister, wow! She knows how to bake and make food. And because mm-hmm. my wife's one hundred percent Prussian German, you know, I never realized. Like seriously, Bill and Ryan, if I would have known literally how much cream <laughs> is used in their, I, in their baking, oh. And and everything like yeah. I I would like bought st- you know stock in Land of Lakes and Cast Clay yeah. or something like because seriously I remember like I asked him I'm like oh babe this is so good what's in it cream <laughs> yeah babe this is good what's in it cream. cream and so you know that's one of the things you know good German you know Coogan you know custard stuff and cream and potatoes and meat so that could be a little bit of a challenge you know you're making all the Germans in my listening audience hungry right now David you got to back it off a little i i know all oh. the germans are going oh yeah that's not yeah, so good but they know things like you know homemade dumplings and strudels you know chicken and dumplings and mm-hmm. strudels with you know this delicious gravy yeah and here's the thing with it it's not that you can't eat those things you know um because you can it's one of the things for me was also portion control mm-hmm. you know? yeah <laughs> that's usually what it is portion control it's not the first or the second or mm-hmm. the eighth or the tenth, you know, but it's it's uh, that. So, yeah, so family's been, you know, really good and, and really helpful. And actually the kids and, and my wife and have gotten into the, the different types of salads that nice. I make. So that's been that's been really so you neat don't too. feel like the outsider at the table. Uh, no. And, good. and sometimes I I will, you know, I'll skip some stuff or I'll have it just a little bit in moderation mm-hmm. again tammy will wisely say like you know if you're if you're going to have ice cream you don't necessarily need to get like a large blizzard you could have did a small blizzard mm-hmm. so I sometimes have to say yeah you're right yeah good point all right let's uh let's talk about how wide is the love of god i always go back to isaiah chapter one because that was a memory verse of mine Ooh, from like there. the 70s um isaiah one eighteen. It talks about, you know, your sins are like scarlet, but they'll be as white as snow. 
And scarlet being the color of blood, is that is there some connection to um, having something as horrible as 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 the as the blood guilt on your on your record that even even God would remove the stain of that kind of sin? There's nothing that He won't forgive. Yeah, I, you know. It's one thing to experience the weight of like physical weight, you know, but the freedom of of having the weight of sin um, lifted off broken. of us and broken yes, by Christ. The slavery work. of sin. I'm trying to remember the hymn. I, this is where I was. Rebecca was here. You know, um, it's it's not uh, my sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I. Bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Over my soul. It is well with my soul. Oh, yeah. Ratio spatial. Spatial. Yeah. Stafford. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, like, the, just the weightiness of sin and, and having, um, being forgiven of that. And you see in the New Testament um, when Paul would say, I strive to live with a clear conscience before God and before man. Mm, I love that verse. You know, um, I strive always just, to be to have a clear conscience between God before God and men. Yeah, I think it's Acts twenty six. Yeah, and I mean that that's so powerful. So like, you know, um, just even God's initiation in Isaiah one eighteen. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. I mean, like some so often people are God of the Old Testament. This is you know, brute, just angry person. I mean, but God, like, gently would bring him alongside and say, you know, listen, come, let's reason about this. I mean, like, though you are weighted down with sin, though your sins are like scarlet, like, there's, and scarlet, like, they're so, they are so there. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there's no, there's no hiding it. I mean, like, you know, pre, pre Shakespeare talking about the scarlet letter, Mm -hmm. you know, the scarlet of sin, and then the the reddest crimson. They should be like wool. They should be like pure as white driven snow. I mean, like just made clean. I mean, that's just an amazing thing. Let's take a little break. Monday afternoon mix is on. David Miles is here. Rebecca is not, but we'll be right back. You're listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. You know, that's the Monday Afternoon Mix. Miles Arnold, Maxwell, no Maxwell today. Pastor David Miles is here talking about how wide is the love of God. How long is the love of God? We can deal with that one too, David. Yeah, we really can. Um, you know, we often keep coming back to the fact of just how amazing the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And I think it was, uh, you know, someone once asked Martin Luther, um, why do you talk weekly about justification by faith? And he would say, because my people leak, you know. And I think sometimes we, we can find ourselves forgetting just how vast and immense is the gospel and the love of God, because, you know, we find 
ourselves, our inner voices, sometimes condemning us. We find a world saying that, you know, you're not enough, you know, and especially this time of year, if you just buy this on Cyber Monday and Techno Tuesday and Web Deluxe Wednesday and Thrilling Thursday and Mm -hmm. Freaky Friday, if you get all these things, you know, it will shore up um, those things. And we keep coming back to the beautiful fact that the nice thing about Jesus is there's not a Jesus 2.0. There's just Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, eternally the same. And so, you know, Paul would write um, of a desire for people to understand uh, God's love. And he says in Ephesians 3.17, it's his prayer that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And going back to this, it's like so that you, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, you know, um, God gives us the free gift of eternal life in his son. Now, it, it's free for us, but immensely costly for God. You know, it costs his one and only son shedding and giving his, his one and only life that we might have it. Um, and he goes on to say that he wants us for us to be rooted like agriculture. So, you know, shout out to... You know, those, the Red River Valley mm-hmm. and parts of Iowa where there's corn, where you have that, that agricultural um, understanding that something really takes root and that it grows or that it's grounded, which is, you know, um, an engineering architectural term. And, uh, you know, at my days at North Dakota State University, I remember, you know, you'd hear about the Arca torture students. Those were the people in architecture and they had all these wild... Um, projects, but just the part of a good foundation and saying being rooted and grounded in love and that we would have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breath. I mean, like literally just how wide. And I think, Bill, you were saying earlier, um, what is the verse out of Psalms uh, that the Lord has um, forgiven our sins from? Psalm 103. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the east is from the west. Yeah. And I mean, like, the east from the west just keeps going. Yeah. You know. You go north far enough, you'll end up south, but not east and west. Right. <laughs> Why do you think we struggle with that, Bill? Why do you think we struggle with the idea that God would forgive our sins as far as the east is from the west? Mm, because we we carry in our head the idea that we are forgiven, but I kind of did mess up. And I pretty much need to own that maybe for all for all time. Because um, I get triggered, and I'll get reminded, or someone that I offended will bring it up again, and that'll be a problem. So you don't walk away from it very easily. So we find ourselves kind of sitting in some sort of courtroom condemning ourselves? Possibly. Yeah. And so, you know, um, with that, there's there's this beautiful passage that speaks of kind of a courtroom drama, and it's it's in Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, 32, after... 
after Paul goes through this whole thing of what God has done, and he opens up chapter 1 saying there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, then he gets to verse 31, and he says, what then shall we say to these things, all these things that, you know, um, that, that those he predestined he also called, and those he called he also justified, and those whom he also justified he also glorified. And Paul says, what then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And I guess like Bill, if we could just pause for a moment, because you just hit upon something. There's something that we've done. And we're not exactly, we feel like we, we've messed up and that we need to carry the burden. So like, um, because I know there's alarms that you can't go too long, but just for like a brief second, if you're driving or you're, you're, you're at home right now making dinner or you're doing distance learning, just for a moment, pause. What is that thing in your mind where you feel like, as Bill was saying, like, I don't know if I can let this go the thing that I, that keeps coming back and saying, I need to pay for this, you know? And here's that five seconds of silence. (laughs) All right. That's too long for radio. There we go. There we go. But it gave you a chance to think of it. Maybe the Holy Spirit brought something into your mind and you need to give it to the Holy Spirit and say to Jesus, I need to let this go. I need to leave it at the cross. Because here's what it says. Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, as as Bill opened up our time, he opened up with Isaiah chapter 1, you know, verse 17. And, and the Lord says, come now, let us reason together, declares the Lord. You know, though your sins, you know, be as scarlet, though they be red as crimson, I will make them. And so... In this same way in the New Testament, God's like, you know, whatever this is that you're holding on to, because of Christ, it's God who justifies. And then it goes on to say, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And so that thing that you have in your mind where you're just like, I don't know if I can... I can let let that go, you know, because I I hear myself condemning myself and I hear the enemy saying, you know what, you're guilty. Um, But God is saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm the one who justifies. I'm the one when someone steps in and says, you know, you're condemned. And Jesus is like, yeah, you are condemned, but my blood has covered that. Mm -hmm. And what was once guilty, I'm declaring you not guilty because of my work and my power um, on the cross. You know, Bill, there may be people who feel like last weekend, you know, the holidays didn't go exactly the way they wanted them to. You know, they might have had a not-so-wonderful conversation with family member, and today they're kicking themselves and just saying, you know, man, I really blew that. And if there's, there's some truth to that, then, you know, take that to the Lord. And if there's a part where the Lord is saying, you know, resolve that, then do so. Um, Because of what Christ has done, we're not decimated by saying, you know what, I made a mistake, or will you forgive me? 
I was wrong. I'm sorry. Um, because God says, come now, let us reason together. And we're like, Lord, you know what? According to your holy law, according to your righteous stance, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And what does First John say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's good news. First John 1, 9. Mm-hmm. And in John chapter 10, verse 28 says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Wow. There's a secure promise right there. That's that's a big one where you can say, my daddy says that you can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. Daddy's got me. Yeah. Yeah. Great thought. David, great to be with you today. As always, thank you for the Monday afternoon mix. Thanks, Bill. Great to be with you. Great to be with you, too. Congratulations on 47 pounds lighter, too. That's a real inspiration. And you know one cool thing? Yeah. It took me several months to to do that. Um, But here's the good news. Though I lost physical weight, today you can lose spiritual weight. Amen. By placing your trust in Christ, and that happens right now. the, The power of sin in your life and the slavery to sin, whether you... Believe it or not, you do have it if you're not born again. Amen. Yeah. All right, that wraps up our time, the Monday afternoon mix. We're going to be back. Hour two, David T. Lamb is going to be uh, joining me. He's a uh, theologian from Missio Seminary. We're going to talk about the emotions of God, God's emotions. It's going to be a fascinating hour. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.